0: But here in the book of John, in chapter 14, look what he says here. In verse 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard how I said unto you, I go away, and come again unto you. If you loved me, uh, you would rejoice, because I said, I go unto my Father, and my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it come to pass that when it comes to pass, you might believe. Hereafter, I will not talk much with you. For the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father, even as the Father gave me commandment. Even so I do. Arise and let us go in. That verse, 31. I fell in love with that verse. He says, that the world may know that I love the Father. And I thought, that's exactly what I want. I want the world to know that I love God. Now, I knew I didn't have to do that. I knew I was going to heaven. But I wanted the world to know that I love God. And I wanted to take a stand for whatever is right, whatever it might be. I wanted to go wherever God wanted me to go. I didn't care where it was. I just didn't know what to do or not to do. I had no talent, no abilities. And that verse just burned into my mind that the world may know that I love my Father." And that's why I begin to find, how can I manifest my love for the Lord? Look there in John chapter 13. John chapter 13. John chapter 13. And notice there's a couple of verses mentioned here that Jesus said to His disciples. He makes a statement here in verse 34. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. And I know that there's uh, several verses in the Bible that talks about just loving one another. But also there was a verse that talks about loving the lost man. And I don't find too many verses talks about me loving the lost man. But I see that God loved the lost man. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And so he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Why? Because when you share the gospel, you're telling them God loves you. You know, as soon as we had gotten to um, our hotel up there in the Grace Conference in Chicago, we went in there and there's the lady behind the counter. She didn't know me. I didn't know her. I says, you don't know me, do you? She says, No. I said, Can I, let me give you my picture. So I pull out my little track with my picture on it. it says, this is when I was 17 and had hair. And they, usually, they laugh a little bit. Not much, but just a little bit. And I says, uh, you don't know me, do you? No. I says, uh, since we don't know each other, we must be friends. Because we can't be enemies because we don't know each other. I says, no, a friend wants another friend to know something that's good. I says, now this is good. I said, if you could know you could have eternal life, wouldn't you like to know? Oh, yeah. So it didn't take long. I explained to her. God loves you. I just want to let you know that God loves you. And he loved you so much, he'd rather die than live without you. And he wants you to go to heaven to be with him. And I said, since I'm going, I want you to go too. And so I went and explained it to her. But see, the gospel is explaining how God loves. And a lot of people live their whole lives, and they don't know if anybody loves them or not. Well, one of the most important people in all the world is the Lord, and he loves you. So I think it's the greatest news that you can ever share with somebody. Look, let me tell you how much he loves you. And you can go right into the gospel. But now, here in John chapter 13, he makes this statement. Even in verse 15, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. See, the way we prove that we love God, loving them the way that we should, because that's what God wants us to do, is a way of manifesting the love of God. The Holy Spirit that lives within us is to shed abroad His love to the world. And that's what we do. Take your Bible and turn to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. There's a verse here. Chapter 2, verse 13. And it talks here about the Word of God itself. 1 Thessalonians. Chapter 2 and verse 13. For this cause also we thank God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. We want people to know what God has done for them. And you use the Word of God to say, look, God said, God said. And when we say God said, we better be right that God did say that. And that that is the most important thing. Turn in your Bible to the book of John chapter 17. Gospel of John in chapter 17. Now when you read the whole 17, I believe this is perhaps really the Lord's Prayer. The one found in Matthew chapter 6. He says, teach us how to pray. And so there's an order that's given. But I don't think God wants us to quote that prayer all the time. For he says, vain repetition. Just repeating something over and over and over again without it having meaning to us. But you read this 17th chapter and it um, it's kind of lets you see that God is talking to his heavenly father. About the things that are important and what's on his mind. And so there in John chapter 17, uh, look what he says in verse 18. Verse 18. This is also a very interesting verse. He says in verse 18, As thou hast sent me into the world. Now why did Christ come into the world? Because God has manifested His love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That was the manifestation of God's love. He did something for us that uh, He didn't want us to do. He paid for my sins because he didn't want me to pay for them. And so he says here, in the last part of verse 18, Even so have I also sent them into the world. So if God has sent us into the world, evidently we're supposed to let people know that God loves them. The reason we want to have camp is because we don't have anything else to do. And because all of this is fun, we're just soaking in the sun on the beach. But we have camp because we want kids to know as early as possible, God loves you. God really does love you. But for us to tell them this and to put it into their minds, we've got to spend time with them. So we're going to have to sacrifice something that we would maybe rather do. But for the gospel's sake, for Christ's sake, for the lost man's sake, we go ahead and pay the price. And we go without sleep. We work from morning till night. We wear ourselves out. The counselors are just dead dog tired. And they give everything that they have. Because they want these kids to know, look, God loves you. And the only way I can prove that to you is I've got to do this for you. I'm doing this for you because this is my way of letting you know I love you. And we're going to have devotions tonight. Me having devotions and teaching you about the Lord and what verses to learn is my way of saying I love you. Because God loved me first. And I want you to know what he means to me. So you see, all these things that we have, the reason even in a church that we work together, we sing in the choir and we do all the things that we do is because, you see, We're supposed to manifest to others that we love the Lord. And by us manifesting that love to each other, you're letting God love them through you. And sometimes people are not channels of the blessings of God, of sharing joy and sharing love and sharing peace. Because, see, whatever God does for us, that's what we're supposed to do for someone else. And so... Here in this verse, I think it's a very wonderful verse, but I want you to see another verse here. In verse 19, And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, not just for those who already know the Lord, those apostles that he's talking about here, and that he hadn't lost any of them. But look at the next part of this verse. But for them also which shall believe. That means they're lost at this time. Isn't that right? Right? You would say they're lost now, but they shall believe through their word. That's one of the greatest verses, I think, in the whole Bible explains what missions is about. Because there's people that will believe, and we're supposed to understand that, believe that. But somebody has to pay a price to go and to do that. As I look back over my years, I realized that 1968... I graduate, and now it's been 50 years that I became a graduate of Florida Bible College, 50 years ago. And I have wanted to go as many places as I can, pay whatever price is necessary, so I can tell people, look, I want God, you know, God loves you. And he made a payment for your sins. And he loved you so much, he'd rather die than live without you. He wants you to have eternal life. And that's why, yes, for the radio, the internet, and all that. And we still are getting five, six more sometimes of people trusting Christ every day from somebody somewhere in the world because of the YouTube ministry. And the internet, it just, uh, it's an awesome tool that we've been blessed to be able to use. And so God has been good. But look at that verse one more time. When he says in verse 20, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Does it look like Jesus is praying for people that are lost? He's praying for those that shall believe. They don't yet. That's why I believe that he was praying for me. Somebody would come and bring the gospel to me. And I mentioned this before. You know, I'm 76 now. I'm closer to the 80 than I am the seven. That scares me to death. But in all those years, only one man, one man has ever witnessed to me. What if that man had missed me? So far, nobody's ever witnessed to me. Nobody's ever given me a track to explain the gospel, how to go to heaven. All the churches I've been to and the meetings and all that. Nobody. Now, don't come up to me after church and say, do you know where you're going when you die? I preached that one day, and then somebody came out and said, that don't count. That doesn't count. Anyway, I think it's what God wants us to know, what God wants us to do. Now, I want you to look at a verse with me. It's a little maybe uh, misapplied, but look there in Matthew chapter 24. The book of Matthew in chapter 24. Because we're supposed to love the Lord. And if we don't love the Lord like we should, there's got to be a reason. So in chapter 24, I want you to look there in this verse. Look in verse 12. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. You ever heard of Christians who used to be on fire for the Lord? Oh, they used to be on fire for the Lord. And then it seems like they begin to drift and get further and further away from the Lord. Then they have become cold to the things of God. They no longer have the spiritual discernment that they used to have. But why do they become cold? And it says here, And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. I believe a lot of God's children in their Christian life They're walking in the flesh and send us abound, and moves you further and further and further away from the Lord. And because you become cold. You see, people that are cold, they they don't love the Lord like they used to. They don't want to get involved like they used to. They want to quit things like they used to. You know, they used to be doing so much in so many ways. And then little by little, you begin to drift. And sometimes it can happen and you don't even know it. That's one of the reasons I have enjoyed over the years of teaching personal evangelism, the book of Galatians, and so forth, and teaching kids how to do the wall illustration because you've got to teach it clearly according to how you learned it. And so for 50 years I've been doing that, and so it kind of helps me to stay on course. But you can still do the same things the right way. You can still go to church, sing in the choir, take up the offering, be involved, in all the things. And as he says to the church there in Ephesus, I know thy work and thy labor of love. He says, but you've left your first love. In other words, he says, you don't love me like you used to. You're involved. You can do things. Can people go to camp and help in camp and still not love the Lord and not love the kids? You see, those kids can pick up whenever you really care about them and you don't really care. Whether you're just doing a job and you're just playing games and you're just passing the time just getting the job done so you can talk about all the sacrifices that you've made. But without the love that makes a a big emptiness in the hearts of those people that we witness to or try to influence in their lives. I believe love is the most motivating power in our lives that can affect people's lives. And we only get one life chance to do this. It's not going to be long before some of us are going to be getting on the other side. Now, Phil's going to go before me because he's a lot older than I am. And so... God is going to take this one, and He's going to take that one. And He just, you know, He's getting a bouquet. And He's picking some of the most beautiful flowers, and He takes them on up over to heaven. I'm I'm a ragweed, you know. I used to think that Georgia, I thought their state flower was the dandelion. You ever seen a dandelion? It's a dandy. But anyway. Do things as unto the Lord. And watch that you don't let your love wax cold. And the only way to do that is continually keep demonstrating the love that God has. Now, I want you to look at this verse, and we'll close over here with this. But look in the book of Titus. The book of Titus in chapter 2. Titus in chapter 2. Titus chapter 2 is a verse that tells us about God's love for us. Because he talks about how his grace hath appeared to all men. Grace is because of the cross. And the cross is because of the death of Christ. Christ died for our sins. That's why if he died for my sins, I don't have to pay for them. Because it's by grace. I'm not trying to earn my way to heaven because Christ died for my sins. And I know I can't lose my salvation because Christ died for my sins. And sins, mine, mine. Whichever one's mine, they're paid. He died for mine, all my sins. What about sin tomorrow? Well, that was, that's mine. Yeah, that's mine. That, that's paid. What about, Well, sin right before you die. Well, is that mine? Well, if it's mine, it's paid. How many of my sins did he die for? They're all covered. So here in the book of Titus, and he makes a statement. He says in verse 11, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness, worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. So in this world in which we live, what God did for us is the lesson on how to live by grace. In other words, did God save us because we deserved it? No. So we don't love people because they deserve to be loved. And so we pick and choose who we'll love and we hate everybody else. No. God so loved the world, so we are supposed to love the world. And not because they deserve it or earned it. And that's why he goes through and he says all these things. Now look in chapter 3 very quickly. Look what he says in verse 2. As he describes us before he ever saved us to speak evil of no man, to be no brawler, but gentle, showing all meat and sun to all men. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. I wonder who he's talking about there. You. He's talking about me. He's talking about us. And that's the way we were. Now, if we want to love people, then it has absolutely nothing to do with how they live. It has nothing to do with their lifestyle. We're to love them all. And we're to love everybody equally. God so loved the world. Except those that were really bad. And then notice what he says here. That's the way we were. But now look what he says in verse 4. But, now Here's the contrast. But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior toward man appeared. That's the way we were. And then we heard about God loves us. And because God loves us, he says, not of works of righteousness, which we have done. But according to his mercy, he saved us. Can he save all those kind of people do all those bad things? That's what demonstrated and manifested the love of God, regardless of how bad people are. When God did this for us, it had nothing to do with us loving God. So when you manifest the love of God, it has absolutely nothing to do with people loving you. They may despise you, hate you. It doesn't matter. God wants them to know that He loves them in spite of the way they are. But isn't it so much nicer if we just speak to people who are nice? Talk to people who are kind. Talk to people who are really sweet. Have you ever tried to tangle with somebody that's a little mean feisty stick of dynamite? You see some great big old dude, muscles hanging all over the place, tattoos and all that. So, man, I'm scared to talk to him. And you start talking to him and he just melts like a little child you talk to some little old bitty woman, no bigger than Kay Myers, and all of a sudden you can have a tiger by the tail, Climb climbing like a squirrel climbing a tree. And I'm talking about, the God says, don't look at their faces, don't worry about that. You'd be surprised, we like to pick and choose who de- we de- deserves to hear the gospel. Whosoever means whosoever. And it has nothing to do with the way people treated you. Because it had nothing to do with the way we treated God. So from God's example of what grace means, that's why we're supposed to learn the same lessons. God wants to bestow grace upon them through us. God wants to use us. But sometimes, see, we become so selfish, we just think about our own little life. And I don't want to be involved. I don't want to be involved. I'm satisfied. It's my life. But what I'm so thankful for, that God blessed me with a woman for 58 years that was willing to follow her husband in all those crazy, dangerous places that I drug her. And we've sacrificed 58 years for the cause of Christ. Therefore, I know there is laid up for me in heaven a crown of righteousness. But not just to me. But for all them who, what's the next word? Love, what? Is appearing. Because you live in such a way, you're always looking for the Lord to come back. And it's worth every sacrifice you make because one of these days, we're not going to have any more opportunities. Darkness coming when no man shall work. We've got to do the work while we can. And so that's why you'll see Wally still trying to go and do what he does. I admire that guy. He fires me up. Now, he doesn't walk around like a stick of dynamite, and always, but he's, he's steady as he goes. He reminds me of Hank Linsome, just steady as he goes. Now, I me, mean, I'm all over the lake, you know, storms and all that. That's okay. God uses everybody differently. And so, you want God to use you, then this is what you have to do. There's a verse in the book of James, chapter 2, verse 18, where it says, show me thy faith. Show me thy faith without works. I'll say it this way. Show me thy love without works. Show me uh, your, your love without works. You can't do it. So we're talking about show me thy faith. Show me your love. If you love the Lord, it shall be known of you. But if you don't love the Lord, it'll be known also. Because, see, there is a a hypocritical type love that we kind of put on our smiley face, our, our fake Christian response, you know. How you doing? Fine! And nothing's fine. And you convince people that everything is wonderful and you're super duper, and inside you're just like eating up with cancer. Because something's ugly in your life. Because you're tolerating sin in your life. Things are not right and you're not close to the Lord and you're not walking with the Lord. And you can fool people for a while, but sooner or later it's going to totally destroy you or bring you down. Love when it waxes cold hardens a person's heart. And a lot of people cannot do the thing that God wants them to do because they're hard-hearted. Love the Lord and God will bless you and God will use you. Do you know that God wants to use you more than your desire to be used? It's not that so much it's your ability, it's your availability. I admire talent over character any day. You can have all the talent in the world, but do you have character? This hand represents you and me. Walla represents sin. We all have sin on us. Now God says he loves us. Now he hates our sin, but he loves us. And for us to pay for sin is eternal separation from the Lord in hell. But God loves us and wants us to go to heaven. To go to heaven, we have to be perfect, as righteous as God. And None of us are perfect, none of us are righteous. We've all sinned. We've all come short of God's glory, short of God's perfection. And God says, you cannot save yourself. And while we were all these bad things that elicited, but God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, into the world to demonstrate, to manifest to to the world that God loves them, in spite of all that they've done, in spite of all their sins. So Christ came into the world, He took all of the sins, paid for them on the cross, and came back from the dead. And God says the only thing He wanted you to do is believe He did that for you. So when you believe He did this for you, He gives you eternal life as a gift, and you get to go to heaven on what Christ has done. So those who trust Christ as Savior, because God loved you that much, God says, now, will you manifest that love to others? Tell them what I did for you. Tell them what I did for them. And God will bless you for doing so. Let's pray, shall we? In just a moment, if you're here and you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, what should you do about it? If you haven't trusted Christ and it's the most important decision you can ever make, what should you do? Trust Christ as your Savior. Well, when do you have to do that? Well, I would definitely do it before you die. Because once you die, it's too late. If you're watching by internet, right on the screen says, yes, I'll trust Christ as my Savior. I don't know who you are, but we'll know that somebody trusted Christ as Savior. And I pray that you will. But if you're in here and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, you can trust the Lord right where you are. While you're looking at me, eyeball to eyeball, in your own little mind, you can say, that made sense to me. And I'm going to trust Christ right now as my Savior. Because God says, whosoever believeth, and you can believe. And if you'll believe it, God said he'll save you, give you eternal life, and you can know that you're going to heaven when you die. Father, we are thankful so much for your blessings. Thank you for the opportunity you have given to us to come together as a body of believers. And Lord, may we truly learn to love you and demonstrate that love by the way we live, the way we treat each other, praying for each other, encouraging one another, not putting a stumbling block in the way of anyone, for everyone who makes a sacrifice. In Christ's name we pray, amen.